0: Okay, life can be crazy. You're feeling like you're sinking. Just trying to find a meaning. It's time for better thinking. Yeah, better thinking. Time to tune in. Let's go. Welcome back to Better Thinking. My name is Nash Nikolic and my guest today is Rebecca Colley. Rebecca is an Associate Professor of Educational Psychology at the UNSW School of Education. She conducts research in the areas of motivation, well-being, and social-emotional development using quantitative research methods. Her research also encompasses related factors such as adaptability, engagement, interpersonal relationships, and achievement. Rebecca examines predictors and outcomes of these different factors among children, youth, and adults in educational settings, and broadly speaking, her research aims to identify How to Best Support and Promote Social, Emotional, Academic, and Occupational Thriving Among Students and Teachers. Rebecca has been awarded over $1 million in national and international grants and government and non-government research tenders. Her publications include 100-plus peer-reviewed journal articles and book chapters, one co- or one co-edited book along with 25 publications for professional audiences. Rebecca's research features regularly in print and online media articles and podcasts as well. She has delivered keynote presentations to academic, community and educational organizations and it's a great pleasure talking to Rebecca today about how we can promote and understand educational settings to help both teachers and students thrive. Rebecca, a big thank you for coming on to the podcast today.
1: Thanks for having me. It's great to be here.
0: I'm really excited to find out more about this space of motivation, well-being, and social-emotional uh, development that you've been looking at in your research, particularly around students and the well-being of, of, of teachers. I think this is an area that doesn't get the attention that I think it deserves. We've got you know, young people growing up trying to find their way through you know life in those those early developmental years. We've got teachers that are doing extraordinary job that are balancing and juggling lots of different demands. and so it's really nice to to hear about what does the you know the research say, and you know how can we be informed by that. so, I like to often ask, you know, how did you get into this space before we go into what all the findings are? Because I find that's an, an interesting, you know, question that, you know, what what drives someone to to be interested in this space and then devote so much time and energy in their life into that?
1: Yeah, so I was a primary school teacher, and that it was during that time that I became really aware of this, of these social and emotional dimensions. And Historically, um, we have focused more on the academic outcomes of students. Sure, in the early years of schooling, there's a lot of focus on social and emotional skills and learning how to work with others, but that tapers off as students move through school. And so as a primary school teacher in the in the middle grades, I saw the critical role of these social emotional skills, not just for students' social adjustment, but also for their learning. If they weren't uh, be able to interact well with other students in collaborative work for example it really impacted their ability to learn from the content and so that was that that became really uh, apparent to me and at the same time I saw just how critical teacher well-being was I saw in the staff room that when you know we weren't feeling great, or we weren't switched on. Perhaps we were sick, you know, with a cold or something. It just really impacted how we taught. And so I became interested in these these ideas then, and then started conducting research on it. And when I started conducting research on it, it was surprising now, but back then people said, "Mm, teacher wellbeing, we shouldn't worry so much about that. We should only be focused on the students. But in in my belief, if we want to have students to thrive, we actually have to have teachers that thrive as well. And so that's that's driven a lot of the research that I've done in, in this area.
0: I know with two, two little people in my life that, uh, you know, the question around schooling and, and, and where to send them and in actual fact, when to start your child, uh, in which grade, because we've got one child that has been on the cusp and you can choose either direction. I've... I've heard lots of research about, you know, holding a child back, particularly for those social reasons. Um, uh, uh, and uh, is this something that that is quite well established and quite well understood? That there are obviously pros and cons in that. Um, I won't probably ask you immediately about, you know, what's the right way because it, obviously it's about every individual child has different needs and it's a parental. Uh, decision, but is there information out there, data that can inform us about uh, the considerations we should think about in how to do, uh, how to support our our, our young people and um, the decisions we should kind of keep in mind as a parent about our our, our children in, in growing up. And I obviously want to switch across to hearing more about the teacher side because I think you're you're, you're on the money as well um, about the, the importance and value of teachers. You know, it's no different to the importance and value of parents. We, we need to support them because um, they are the, the foundation for kids, right?
1: Yeah, so, yeah, look, it's a tricky one, that school age, you're right. It does come down to the individual child, the individual family, um, but there's research going both ways. You know, academically, research says... Uh, after a few grades uh, the the younger children catch up you know so by the end of primary school they're equal to students who started later but in the social adjustment side of things that the results can be more mixed so I think it really does come down to what parents are comfortable with what they think is is best for their child and they can also speak to the school um, and the teachers to better understand that so it is a tricky space and yes as I said before the social and emotional factors uh, are critical when it comes to helping students progress through school and develop and so making sure that you're happy with the school and and the way that they support provide that extra care or that pastoral care for students is is an important uh, decision as well but it is yes it's a tricky one I know lots of parents spend a lot of time wondering what's the best decision so um, academically, it doesn't seem to matter from what I've read in terms of the research, but there can be different social outcomes depending on the child's needs. So that's, um, yeah, so that's uh, that's the answer to that question. And then moving on to the the teacher side, you mentioned about the demands, and we do know that the teaching profession has increased in complexity over the past decade, perhaps even the past 15 years. And so teachers have a lot more responsibility, a lot of a wider range of jobs uh, as part of their, uh, their professional uh, requirements. And so it is, it is really important that we do provide teachers with that support as well, particularly for different students within the classroom so that they do have the capacity to support every student with, with their needs.
0: Has the role broadened in terms of what is now being expected from a classroom teacher that that they're being asked to uh, uh, provide more tailored care or or education or support for for young people? Where, Where has that demand grown?
1: One big area that it's grown is in compliance and accountability. And so teachers are being asked to keep a lot more, you know, paperwork, checking boxes, making sure everything is is ticked and in the right place. And, you know, accountability is important. It's necessary. But what I think the problem is, is that the supports for teachers haven't kept pace with the increase in accountability and compliance. And so teachers are doing a lot more now with the same time than what they did 10 to 15 years ago.
0: And accountability mean, meaning, you know, ensuring that certain processes have been done or, or yeah, you know, um, things have been completed and, and that it's logged somewhere. Uh, okay. And and what's driving that? What 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 have you found drives that? Because I, I imagine that has a quite a significant impact on you know well-being, social, emotional, you know, Uh, A space for for teachers and then there must be a follow-on effect as you said as well for the students as well but what what do you think is driving this change and 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 is that is that australia-wide is it kind of a bit more global um how, how does that space look
1: it's definitely global teachers in every country that i've spoken to um are having issues with this and so it's you know, many, many countries are experiencing attrition. They're experiencing teacher shortages because teachers have hit a uh, breaking point. I think the, the the rise in this accountability and compliance has come from a good place. It's it's come from a place where we're wanting to make sure all students are looked after, all of their hmm. needs are met. Um, but as I said, if we don't provide teachers with additional supports, it's just extra work within, within the same time. So there's unintended consequences of making sure all the administrative work is 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 better uh, looked into, and that has a carry-on effect
0: to teachers. Hmm. so the the primary forcing function is we want more for our kids and, and, and therefore the demand on 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 teachers is ensuring that they are doing more for each child and, and and a compliance around that and accountability around that. And so it's just becoming overwhelming, I suppose, that, that more time is now being spent potentially in the recording than it has been previously. Um, previously, maybe they could actually attend to those needs with a little bit less recording of it.
1: That's right. And in some ways, like I said, it's good that we have this recording because we want uh, to make sure that we are attending to the needs and children aren't being left behind. Uh, but the government requirements, you know, uh, the schooling requirements, also parents' expectations have changed as well. So there is there is this increased pressure on teachers.
0: It's interesting. As a, as a parent, I have been absolutely blown away by uh, my children's school that uh, you know, the volume of communication that they provide us with. And this is all voluntary. Like, it's not like we're a... a specific set of parents that are asking for anything this is just going out to I'm assuming every parent uh, from whether an incident has, has occurred at the school that you know your child might come home and talk about this uh, to you know this is how your child is progressing all this stuff throughout the year It it, it is a very different experience so I should say I don't feel that that's what my parents received uh, back in the day um, maybe they did but I, I you know maybe I should ask ask yourself but there is a lot of communication yes it feels very comfortable as as, as a parent uh, but I've been surprised because you know even in the in the very early years you'd get photos of them at you know preschool or whatever it is and all like updates throughout the, the, the day um, I wasn't expecting anything like that but to me, that just meant that they needed to be a teacher taking photos, uploading it, putting it into a system, selecting which one, putting the names on them, and all this sort of stuff going on. That clearly meant that uh, it's like that scenario of you know parents looking at a screen versus potentially attending to their to, to their children. Um, but this is a demand. This is almost being required, saying you have to do this. Otherwise, I don't know. Maybe it's cranky parents or something, or or or. or um, Maybe that is one of those accountability or, or, or compliance things that is being required. I don't know.
1: Yes, that's, yeah, that's a great point. And it's wonderful when schools can provide that information because parents want to know how their kids are doing. They want to know what's going on at school. And, and it's, it's really important to build that home school connection that's really good for kids. It's really good for families. But as you say, there may be a tipping point where it's becoming an extra job. It's becoming extra workload for teachers that takes away from that core that core business of teaching and so we have to find that that happy balance between um you know 20 years ago 30 years ago very little communication may have gone home whereas now there's a lot maybe maybe the pendulum needs to come back a little bit uh, particularly if teachers are finding that it's it's adding time pressure to their work
0: and and what are some of the costs that you're seeing in your research what what you know who, who's getting the short end of the the stick so so to speak is it both um teachers are, are, are having a more difficult time is it then trickling on to, to to students as well i know that the world is changing and, and the like i um, mean i can only speak from an outsider which means that i'm incredibly poorly informed um so you know what 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 does the research say what 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 have your findings and of, of your call colleagues um, found as well
1: so the costs are numerous you're right there are costs to students uh, when teachers are not faring well uh, there are costs to students because if teachers leave then new teachers need to be brought in and they take time to learn about the children and what the children need and And they take time to settle into a new classroom. So there's academic costs. There are also social costs because teacher-student relationships are just so critical for students. They help students to be engaged when they feel like they belong within a classroom. They help students to achieve. They help students to experience uh, better well-being. So relationships with teachers are just so critical for students. And so there's that social cost if students if teachers quit, then the student has to develop a relationship with a new teacher. There are financial costs. The school has trained someone, has has to run professional development, and then they have to do that again with someone, potentially with someone new. Um, and I would say I would go further and say there are also societal costs because when teachers are, uh, you know, their well-being is suffering. There's, you know, there's extra stress leave. There's, there's lots of costs for health uh, because of the ramifications of burnouts, which can lead to other mental health issues um, and physical health uh, as well. So there's the costs are really broad when we don't look after our teachers. They're really broad.
0: Mm. She's I never even thought about that in, in in terms of in particular the teacher-student relationships that that uh potentially fracture not because of the the, the, the that there's a uh damage to the relationship but that the the teacher you know moves to another school or maybe you know moves to a different type of role uh, i never thought about that and, and and just reflecting now thinking about the teachers i had particularly in my high school years i recall that the teachers we were, were were provided with in year seven went through all the way to year 10 they were the same teachers and and we forged a a, a you know a very long term yeah. You know, particularly at that age it felt like a lifetime a long-term relationship with with those teachers and I never thought about that and and, and some became you know I think we've all got those experiences the teachers that we really Connected with those that that believed in us and and those that we didn't like and uh, but yeah there, there's an importance of having all of all of those but that continuity was I think important and thinking about it as a psychologist the continuity of care between client and therapist is, is you know I think it goes without saying it's such an important connection and and I never thought about that actually uh, the, the the importance of children maintaining those connections uh, and and that could mean whether it's a direct teacher student or, or just the teacher in the school that is familiar that can still touch base and say hey how are you going and and connect over you know those those, those formative years
1: that's right. And even, yeah, as you said, even if they have a different teacher each year, if they know other teachers within the school, it creates that broader sense of belonging. Mm. I belong here. People know me. I know I know my teachers. Uh, they say hello to me in the hallway. You know, when when I'm out um, at recess, I know the teachers and I'm not afraid to to go and talk to them or ask for help because I know them and they know me. Yes, it's so important. It is just critical for learning because if children are anxious, if they they don't feel like they belong, they can't concentrate on what's being taught in the classroom. They're not going to be learning as efficiently. So if people are more concerned about the academic side of things, this actually speaks to that as well. It's not just soft and fluffy. It's actually relevant for the, the academic outcomes. But on top of that, it's relevant for all the well-being, the social adjust, adjustment adjustment, uh, and in many important outcomes is just making sure teachers are experiencing well-being so they can build those strong relationships and be connected to every student within their classroom. Hmm.
0: And 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 what is it that's 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 lagging in terms of this compliance and and accountability is that the systems are hard to use or they are very time intensive that they require you know, learning things all the time or it's changing what, what 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 have you found what what what's what's kind of like the sticking point and yeah I, I, t- I asked this because I've recently had a conversation with one of one of uh. Uh, another psychologist here in 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 our practice Uh, and we're talking uh, his partner um, is 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 a teacher and we're talking about just how they do reports and I was kind of scratching my head going yeah it's really odd that we don't have a whether it's a national system or at least a state system that says here's a template you know we're in the world of 2023 with all the IT available available to us. Yet it seems, and I'm only speaking from the outside because I don't actually know the system. So um keeping that in mind. It seems like you know, a tick box system would be much more appropriate with a comment section that 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 would make the process less laborious. Uh, uh because we all know that you know these things are very repetitive, you know, I mean, we, all all Parents, I think, understand that, but there is also value in getting some feedback. But I know it's a hard time for students around that. And and you know, that only speaks to one small little, little, little section. But is it a system? So is part of the lag systems, IT, how we support uh, uh, teachers in in that way. Um uh yeah, what 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 have your findings been?
1: Yeah, <clears throat> I think. The, there's different systems across different schools, across different states, uh, and so some systems work really well. Uh, you know, I, when I was teaching, we had a comments bank, and so we were able to uh, have a, figure out what suited that child most appropriately, and then work with these comments uh, from this bank, and so that really helped saving time rather than having to formulate everything uh, for you know for every individual, because it takes time to formulate sentences, right? It takes a lot of time. And so that was very helpful, but it really depends on the, the school and the and the, and the system. So yes, IT issues, um, inefficient systems, definitely part of it but i think there's also just been more asked of teachers as well so you know victoria and new south wales i'm aware of a changing policies to try to reduce teachers workload they're trying to um, provide opportunities for for less red tape and less uh, paperwork more time for teaching and so those policies have just been announced in the last 12 months and so we'll we're not sure the impact of those but hopefully this will start to change because as we know Teachers are leaving in droves. We have a real shortage crisis, um, and so something does need to change.
0: And what what would your recommendations be? And, and certainly not necessarily saying as a solution, but as an aid, something that would support uh, the teacher environment. Uh, I, I, I certainly know if we start thinking about only speaking about here in the ACT for psychologists in schools, they they so thinly spread you know the demands are about crisis after crisis they don't get to you know get their hands dirty into any clinical thing they 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 it's quite the environment is quite a difficult one uh, uh, and i think they do an absolutely exceptional job uh, but um i've certainly heard the the the, the challenges and pressures that they are they're under and how isolating it can be uh what would you say are some of the aids or or recommendations or considerations that you think you could put forward as, as as things that would aid support our, you know, our most precious resource, you know, our teachers.
1: It comes, a lot of it comes down to money. And so funding, funding teachers to have a more uh, planning time. Australian teachers have some of the highest face-to-face teaching hours in the world. Um, and that's great to build those relationships, but it also means they don't have that time for planning, collaborating, coaching with other, you know, building their skills with other teachers. And so they're just always, you know, in front of the class and they don't get that time to reflect as much as teachers in other systems do in others in other countries. And so, I think giving teachers more time for collaboration for planning uh, will be will ultimately be beneficial for students um, and teacher wellbeing. Another one, you know, simple things that I've heard schools do, like when you have yard duty. So most teachers will be spending one probably two. Uh, half lunches or half recesses out in the in the yard uh, supervising children but certainly in primary school and that means there there's no break time because by the time you you know talk with students as the bell goes and then you rush out to your yard duty and you come back in so it's a very rushed. the day is very rushed and so some schools are hiring uh half staff to get to get someone else out there like just a casual person or someone who you know build build a connection with the school not just casual random people, but have someone who's out there taking half the jobs of the teachers, so that they have more time to do, to do the planning. And, and even if teachers are often working through their breaks. So, you know, that's something simple. Another strategy I've heard from schools is that when they have sports carnivals, they do the same thing. They hire, they pay for half the, the, the supervisory teachers to mm. be non-classroom teachers. So those classroom teachers get an extra hour or two of planning and so there's simple things like that, but it does come down to budget. It all comes down to funding and making sure schools have that, the funding to give teachers more time.
0: It's really that that that's really interesting because I've always thought, especially in the world of, of health, psychology, and you know, medicine, where professionals can sometimes be underutilized because of for example classic admin and what we're hoping that our specialists do is use their knowledge to provide you know wise consult rather than you know sending a fax from one you know uh, building to 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 another because the cost of doing that as, as as a specialist, you know and and let me exaggerate it and say, as a surgeon um who's whose compressed time is incredibly valuable, just doesn't make sense. You know sometimes we don't necessarily think about that more 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 broadly and and the importance of you know the specialist, i e teacher, that their planning and collaboration with their, uh colleagues and professional development and and even just you know being able to remove a little bit of the pressure to maintain a good level of of you know consideration and thoughts and and you know uh if i dare say you know emotional well-being uh, so they can be more present in the classroom as, as well but uh it's a hard one but i, I can definitely see why money could be useful or, or some type of coordination of, of of a regular member that could come into a, or members, my apologies, they could come into a school, be part of that community and and do a supervisory role um, that, you know, more often than not, you're probably only dealing with some really minor things each lunchtime. Um, and, and it just needs an adult there, uh, uh, you know, but someone that can be obviously trusted and have a little bit of, uh, training and, and, and the like but that role you know we might be selling teachers a bit short as a little yeah
1: career. yeah as yeah and I think you know as I said it's good for teachers to be out there because they do mm. it is a good chance to build those relationships but not necessarily two to three times a week maybe just once a week you know That's and just cut heavy, that yeah. down cut that in half yeah
0: yeah. and i imagine if you said you know we're taking that away from teachers they would probably you know some would say yeah that's great others would say no i want to be connected i that that's an important part of you know being with my students and and not only that observing them about how they do social play because there's once again you know a lot to be taught you know whether it's about dependency or not being able to uh navigate you know arguments uh, between and being guided through that and so on and so forth there's there's a richness at, at every point um but yeah I think I think what you're saying is is sounds quite right in terms of uh the frequency um you know therefore the load that teachers are therefore under any other areas that you could put put forward I I know you've obviously spoken with uh, uh probably countless you know teachers and and administrators and 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 uh you know looked at the research uh, and i suppose recommendations come 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 from that um i'm happy to hear about you any any specific research that, that you and your team have worked on uh that that uh, you know is exciting and can can shape the future if it were obviously take, taken on um and that might also be a challenge about how to integrate the learnings into how how do we adopt, how do you get schools to adopt this?
1: Yeah, so we have done, you know, we've looked at these different types of factors. And so we've, you and I have talked about time pressure. That's one that we know is really detrimental for teachers' well-being and also their uh, retention. We know that if teachers are experiencing time pressure, they're more likely to uh, want to quit their job. Uh, So that's one. Another one that we've looked at a lot is principal support. And so we've looked at uh, teachers' perceptions that their principal really trusts them, supports their self-initiative, supports their empowerment as a teacher, uh, their professionalism. And when teachers do feel that sense of support from their school leaders, they they report greater well-being, they report that they're less likely... want to quit. They report greater job satisfaction, more commitment to their their place of work. And so there are many beneficial outcomes from uh, supportive school leaders. Um, And that's again and again and again, we see that as critical in our research. It's also linked with teacher motivation. We know that when teachers are motivated in the classroom, they do a better job of, 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 Teaching that curriculum, that content, they do. They use more engaging practices, and so students are more engaged in their learning. And so, yes, uh, really supportive school leadership is critical. Um, at boosting that, but also reducing that time pressure. And then another one that we've looked at is uh, barriers to professional learning. So, in different schools, different locations, there is you know a range of of professional learning available to teachers, but. Sometimes it's irrelevant. Sometimes it's not very good. Sometimes it's not what teachers want. Um, and sometimes teachers can't even access it. For example, teachers in remote locations can really struggle to access uh, professional development that they want and that they need. And so that's another one that we found uh, is important, giving teachers the, the professional development that they want um, and that helps them to develop as professionals in their context for their students.
0: Hmm. Hmm. quite significant points there can i just clarify one of those Uh, the principal support is what you're talking about the the support that teachers feel from their principal and obviously you know executive uh, team members or are we talking about the support that a principal has around them that then has a flow-on effect uh, uh, that that you know uh, is the same pressures being applied to principals
1: so i'm talking about the former
0: it's the, former the support thing. that teachers
1: perceive they receive from principals mm-hmm. but you're absolutely right principals are under a lot of pressure as well school leaders more broadly have top down pressure and bottom up pressure so school leaders are also um uh, you know their well-being is threatened uh with you know there's been lots of research about the 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 state of school leader wellbeing and how it's quite dire uh, and it just the same as teachers. So yes, school principals are someone we also need to look out for.
0: And is, is there a difference and it's a very pointed question, but is, is there a difference between reported wellbeing rates among teachers in the primary school setting versus the high school setting uh, is there is there any difference there, or or it's felt quite similarly across across the board?
1: It's generally quite similar. I think primary teachers sometimes have higher levels of well-being than secondary teachers, but in other research there's no difference. so it is it is very similar.
0: That's interesting that that uh, uh, I, I would have thought there might be a a little bit more of a difference there just because the settings can be quite different you're working with obviously more teenagers um you know kids kids who are are developing in a different um time of their life and 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 different therefore challenges uh you know obviously younger persons are more children have got their own different complexities but i I thought maybe that would show up differently having said that um, you know we're still in a you know you know environment of education and all those demands and pressures and and, and parents and the like how have, have parents changed over over time is there a greater demand that's being asked is there is there a more pushback is there greater accessibility that 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 parents have to teachers now Has has that world sort of shifted or moved what does it look like?
1: Yeah, look, it's changed a lot with the advent of email and, and I mean, in lots of, in lots of uh, jobs now in in countries, there are these right to disconnect clauses where workers are allowed to disconnect after hours. Teachers in many cases are working till 11 o'clock, one o'clock at night to respond to emails from parents or students, particularly teachers in the later secondary years. So years 11 and 12, Um, they're, it's very hard for teachers to disconnect. Um, in New South Wales, they've just brought in that mobile phone ban. And I think part of that, uh, you know, I've heard anecdotally that part of that, they're hoping will help teachers to have that better disconnect uh, between uh, the students and the parents, because students are often texting parents throughout the school day, uh, you know. And it's and, and fair enough, if something is, is not appropriate and they, then they're they entitled to get in touch with their parents, but I think it can create extra pressure for for teachers, because if if there's an altercation, for example, by the time they can talk to that student, maybe the, the parents are already ringing the principal and, you know, and, and getting a, a front foot in. So yes, oh, wow. the, yes, the relationship between teacher and parent has changed greatly. Um, and I think schools are just starting to recognize, we need to make sure teachers do have that time to disconnect because in any profession, if we don't get a chance to disconnect, we can't be at our best the next day or the next week if we do not get that chance to switch off. So again, if parents are uh, keen for their students to to be learning well, this is actually in the interest of students learning as well because we need teachers to switch off.
0: I just very recently signed a petition for the ACT government to consider removing uh, mobile phones from from classrooms. Um, and my understanding was that ACT is one of the uh, last states uh, in 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 or territories uh, in in Australia to to look at this. Um, and you know obviously my position was that I just believe that you know you, you you become disconnected from the here and the now, you're you're segmenting your your focus, et cetera, et cetera. But I also didn't think about the demand that this would the the forcing function of the demand on on the school because every incident has the potential at least to then be immediately relayed to a parent and then if you have a parent that's not regulating very well they might ask for information or be concerned and maybe it's not even fair to say regulating very well who might just have be, be have parental concern might be then communicating to the school asking for more. And, and so, all of a sudden, the email rate, the demand just increases. You know, and you just do that for an entire year, and there's tens of thousands of of, of emails that are just wasted. Um, versus not having that and allowing things to settle and work themselves out in the school setting, uh, which probably is a very healthy thing for a child to to develop, rather than being reliant on someone else to. Uh, 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 to to do that, um, uh, but geez, I didn't think of that one. That's a huge one. That's immense.
1: Yeah, it is. And and you know, parents have a right to know what's going on at school. But you raise that important point about letting people calm down. You know, Mm. rather than escalating it even more, letting letting the child calm down, letting the teachers calm down, then discussing it, coming up with solutions and and definitely informing the parents. But it doesn't have to be instantaneous, unless, of course, it's an emergency. And in that case, absolutely. But, yes, uh, there is something to be said for cool heads and letting that, you know, letting things settle before we try to resolve them um and so that's that's a big difference uh, it'll like I said it'll be really interesting to see uh what the you know it's only been a few weeks that New South Wales has brought in this band so it'll be very interesting to see what uh, the feedback is in the new year now the research is mixed on on banding mobile phones uh so the research um is not clear but as a primary school teacher from my experience not from the research from my experience yes gosh that is just a distraction I did not I would not need in the classroom. I want my kids to be focusing on what we're doing, not oh, have I got a message, or is there something happening on my phone? Definitely.
0: Look, I, I'm no no research, but you know there are certain things that I think are blindly obvious. You know, and, and it's no different to if if you're on a first date and you're on your phone. How's that person receiving you if you're attending to your phone versus them? So on a, on purely a a. Emotional human connection. You know, if if you're doing the same in any setting, we know that you can't split your attention. The data is very, very clear about, you know, multitasking. It it doesn't exist. Your your cognitive faculties are broken. Hence why you're not allowed to text and drive. Two things that we can do very easily, one at a time. And to to go ahead and put all of this 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 additional layer um, in a classroom. you know, I think if the research said it, there there was no difference, I'd be questioning the research and, and and saying, not that I'm a researcher, not that I know the statistics, but I would say the statistics must be broken. They've um, they've they, they pulled out some nonsense statistical equation um, that isn't. Uh, at least I'd be questioning it um, and wanting someone who knows what they're talking about to look at it because. That just doesn't stack up, you know. uh, It doesn't mean that there isn't some aids and some value. Of course there is. There's pros and cons. That is just across the board for everything. Uh, uh, But if we're we're trying to say just attending and being present, which which is what we want kids to do, at least I believe, just attend and be present uh, uh, and learn from that environment, that's why we're, we're, we're creating that. You know, kids have got plenty of access to phones and the rest of it for for their entire life. It's not like you're missing out. You know, your your thumbs will work out how to use those pads, and you know, we won't be doing that very soon either. We'll, we'll figure out other ways. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty passionate about that 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 space because I'm 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 concerned about what uh, uh, what opportunities are being lost uh, or or the potential harms that are being uh, the opportunities for harm that that are coming up from that um, that I think might outweigh the benefits of being connected because I think you're still connected in the classroom and you're still connected in the in the playground it's not like the connection's gone because your phone's not there
1: yeah and I think at from hearing from teachers they say the the schoolyard is a totally different place with phones banned you know kids are chatting they're playing games they're doing all of those activities that we want them to be doing rather than just sitting there on their phones looking at their phones so socially i think it's actually a really good thing um, at recess i think the advocates and i may i may get this wrong but from what i understand i think the advocates are saying phones can be used in particular exercises for example if they're doing something in science and they want to use an app that can be a really good opportunity so if it's if it's specific use for a specific purpose then it can be good Uh, but yes if they're being distracted no no one can argue that that's a good thing we don't want children to be playing candy crush while they're in their math lesson we just don't (laughs) so yeah yeah
0: And, and 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 i you know even in this petition i i i remember specifically writing about you know it should you know, devices used as teaching aids? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, we want to encourage as much of that because they're going to be on platforms. They're going to be on screens. I mean, the rest of us are. So why would we think that that's not going to be the case for our for our kids? It's the communication side. Um, and obviously, there's good communication. There's not so good. And you know, locking down one at the moment is impossible. You can't just say you've got a device and it only does this. That's not true. Um, uh, but at the same time, I, I do know, for example, my experience very recently in actual fact was rather than that loop that you were talking about where an incident happens at school and that might be, you know, shared with 10% of the, t- the, 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 parents and maybe, you know, 2% of the 10 might communicate with the school to get more information. Uh, as a parent, I received a notification saying X occurred at school. Your kids might want to speak about this, um, and it was you know, it was a it was a nearby fire in the in the neighbourhood, and um, and so you know that's a point of excitement for for kids. Um, but that was a one way. That was one text message by one staff member that told all. Parents, it's like that is that is elegant and and wonderful. It's informative, um, it pumps the brakes because it's got good language in it, and it means that parents can feel like they're part of a community, they're part of the school. That connection is there. They're not alarmed. It came from an adult, you know, at reasonable timing, uh, and we can actually inquire about it, which makes it interesting for dinner time conversation as well. I think a beautiful use of resources and the efficiency, rather than you know, the concern that, you know, maybe individual teachers would receive from individual parents, you know, or multiples. So um, uh, it's trying to understand those forcing functions, I think. And, and it's a difficult space for teachers. The, the world is changing.
1: It is a difficult space. And, yes, that's a great example of, of having that, fulfilling that duty of care, letting parents know what happened, but doing so in a calm manner. Uh, when you know, so that it, it doesn't drum up all of this emotion and stress, and then parents get student stress because they're texting back and forth and texting, you know, a whole bunch of parents. It's not good for it's not good for teachers. It's not good for parents. It's not good for students. So finding that right type of communication is really important to build that homeschool, those homeschool connections. Uh, but as you say, it's difficult. It's complex.
0: One of the item I wanted to, to to pick your brain on is. I find it difficult to gauge what our education system looks like for the students in, in, in terms of what are the outcomes. I feel like kids these days are incredibly well-educated. They are being provided so many opportunities. They're, they're, the the teaching styles have, have have changed. There's a lot more collaboration and conversation and inquiry and uh, uh, about what something means. And so it seems like it's a bit more abstract in uh, it's developing more abstract thinking and developing more um, healthy skeptical skepticism, if I can call it that in terms of questioning things. And and, uh, I feel at least from my experience, and I can only talk about, you know, one kid going through a single school, you know, with those particular teachers. So it's obviously it's not what I felt wasn't representative of, of the whole of Australia, but I just feel like there's been a a huge shift. Has that. Eventuated into any data that that's showing that kids are brighter than their parents that uh, in, in terms of. Um, or, or more insightful or, or more rounded or or are they more emotionally stable like what what is there a better product that's coming out of our schools today than than it was 30 years ago
1: um yeah that's a very interesting point i mean it's hard to, yeah so I don't know any data in education that focuses on that, but I do know that with IQ testing, for example, intelligence testing, they have to continually update and make the tests uh, harder over the past 50 years, 100 years, because people are getting smarter and better at these abstract tasks. Uh, So that's something that kind of speaks to what you're saying. Mm. Um, In terms of, you know, our performance for our students, I mean, we have those multinational assessments like the Program for International Student Assessment, which is run by the OECD. Um, Australia is doing okay, but we're not... I think we've overall we've tended to go down over the past um, decade, but you have to consider that in relation to the fact that other systems may be going up. So it could be just a relative... Uh, decline rather necessarily than an absolute decline, and there are other people who do research specifically into that. So it's not something that I, I, I conduct research on. What I'm, what I more look at is what factors in the school, um, from the teachers' support, for example, and fa- school factors, and learning factors, help to predict greater achievement among individual students. And and so from that we know things like uh, social adjustment, the ability to social emotional skills, for example. Um, great teacher support. So that's you know building those strong relationships, providing that instrumental support for what students need, um, having good classroom management skills, good, um, you know, making sure the classroom is, is quiet when it needs to be quiet, ensuring students are on task. Those types of teaching practices we know are linked with these positive outcomes among
0: students. And how are, how are those things? reinforced in in schools like obviously all teachers go through university they do their training uh how is professional development usually delivered uh you know are there those opportunities to rub shoulders to learn from you know maybe the juniors to the seniors or or vice versa you know or just just rubbing shoulders with 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 colleagues to to you know steal their tips and tricks and 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 take on some of their language. You know, I'm always fascinated when I go to my my, my my children's assemblies and just watching how the teachers are able to, I'll use the word command, but it's not command. It's, it's influence and nurture and guide how all the the, the kids play a role. Um, and, you know, the assembly is like student-led. So it scratches my scratch scratches my head because I don't re- recall that ever being the case at, at my mm. school. Nothing was student led. Uh, but here we are, we've got you know students leading it and it's going swimmingly, you know, it's it's phenomenal. Um, but how how are those skills developed, you know, for for How are they supported? How does it usually occur and and what are some of the pitfalls? <laughs>
1: I'll start with the pitfalls. Often teachers, and and I kind of mentioned this before, often teachers will say that the professional learning they have access to isn't very good. It's not actually what they need or want. Um, And so there has been research conducted showing that professional learning to be effective needs to be focused on teachers' goals, needs to be ongoing. It needs to be relevant to their uh, context. Um, And ideally, when teachers can can, build, can work together and coach each other and mentor each other to develop in a particular area, that can be very powerful. So that's often called a professional learning community. And so those are some what we know are, are factors about effective professional learning. But there's also, you know, like you mentioned, in school coaching, teachers observing each other's classroom, learning from each other, that requires time. And so, depending on the school, the system, teachers have more or less time to do that. It also requires a a psychologically safe space to do that. Uh, Teachers need to feel safe to be observed, uh, to receive uh, critical feedback or constructive feedback. Um, And and teachers also need to feel safe to be able to give that feedback. So, it it does take creating an environment of professional growth to be able to to effectively work in those types of mentoring or coaching opportunities. But, yes, peer observation, there's good support for that uh, in terms of the research. When teachers are able to observe their peers, learn from it, you know, reflect on what they've learned, reflect on how they could implement it, that can be really beneficial for their ongoing practice development.
0: Are there any specific you know, Department of Education process that must be, uh, or guidelines that must be, followed or each school does it by themselves for example as, as you know in psychology it's kind of like do your pd and this is how many hours you need to do and off you go um versus something that you know i think would be amazing is if there was a you know, rule which said you have to do x amount of sessions that shadow a colleague um you know so that it kind of forces the function of observing someone else being observed, uh, uh, because we know that people will learn in those. You'll, you'll hear a very different approach. You'll hear a very different skill set. You you will make sure you're following protocol a lot more um, uh, effectively and the like. Um, you'd probably get lots of pushback, I'm sure, because um, we'd all kick and scream, even though we're adults, we'd, we'd still kick and scream on that one. Uh, but it would be, I think, fantastic professional development um uh, is it similar with teaching it's like you need to do professional development hours but it's kind of open slather uh, or, or, or is it a little bit more structured uh sorry, or, or is it like each school just does their own and however the the, the principal and executives and the school initiative kind of does it per school
1: yeah, usually it's more like that. It's more each school to their own, but there are accredited professional de- development courses. Uh, so teachers do have to do a certain number of hours. Um, and I mean, there's more structure when teachers are beginning and they have to get their initial credit accreditation as teacher. So there's, mm-hmm. it changes depending on what career stage, um, depending on what system you're working in as well. But um. Yes, it, it's it would be re- it, it is really beneficial to observe other people and and learn from what others are doing. You, you can learn so much from hearing about others' experiences.
0: Hmm. Rebecca, I could talk for for absolute hours on, on on this and and think about you know how we can improve our our, our system, which just I genuinely think is absolutely fantastic. And I think that our teachers are amazing, and I think we're producing unbelievable students um so i think they're all they're all positives but yeah i think we're a good healthy society also continues to say how do we do it better how do we improve on this you know and by that mean we've got to go out and question you know things like compliance and accountability and are they actually adding or are they beginning to subtract where's that t- tipping point uh, and similarly you know we could ask the same question about your professional development and how how that's laid laid out so um absolutely you know a, a pleasure speaking to you how can people find out more how can people find out more about you your work um, how could they get involved in in the type of research that you do i know that you've written you know an absolute uh, a plethora of, of 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 articles and 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 a book and 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 so on and so forth how can how can we find out more
1: i think probably the best way to access the ongoing research is through linkedin so if you look up my name on linkedin um, you can find me and that's where i post all the new studies i we also try often uh disseminate our research through online magazines for teachers um things like places like the conversation as well and so they're more accessible than the um than the, the the journal articles which can be a dense read at times so that's probably the best place uh because as i said everything i do is is shared on that
0: and do you recall your your uh how, you, how to find you on linkedin because i know i think it's good.
1: just rebecca collie i think that's my um my handle yep
0: uh, and from unsw
1: Yes, but, yes. so um, if you, if you look at the UNSW website too you can, you can see a list of all the, the publications that's updated regularly as well. but LinkedIn is probably is more immediate. I think that's really the best uh, way to access the ongoing work.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Once again, Rebecca, thank you so much for, for coming onto the podcast today and and your insights and I hope that uh, as a community we can use your, your insights, research and I'd like to promote you know, a, a better schooling system and experience for both teachers and, and parents and I'd have to say therefore you know uh, so teachers and students and I'd therefore have to say parents as, as well I mean it's a, one big community and uh, I don't think we appreciate that when we're kids but uh, as, as we go into to adults and parents we we recognize the 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 value that um uh, that that school home connection I've never heard that term before but I I, I think that's absolutely such a beautiful term to, to consider that that uh, those two worlds um uh, not only connecting but overlapping and and the value of that so um yeah thank you so much and and um yeah all the best with with your ongoing research as well
1: thank you thanks for having me on today to chat
0: if you enjoyed this podcast please support it by going to itunes and putting a review subscribe share it via social media, and tell others about it. Start a conversation. It's listeners like you that make this able and possible and why we bring in these guests to go out and share their knowledge and resources. And just lastly, if you are a psychologist and you want to go out and be part of a bigger team, develop your experience, and get into some exciting work, Come to strategicpsychology.com.au forward slash careers and reach out. I'd love to hear from you.